0: Good morning, Kansas City. This is the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. It's Wednesday, January 24, 2024. Stephen St. John and Nate Pucati with Jake Gutierrez. You know, it's not an issue for people in Baltimore, but... Maybe when... uh, addressing the NFL Nation in a big press conference leading up to the AFC Championship game. John Harbaugh should make sure that uh, he reminds us he's talking about Jerry Sandusky with a G and not with a J. G. Jerry Sandusky tackles all sports coverage for WBAL-TV 11 as sports director and is the voice of the Baltimore Ravens. So it's just, you know, it, it, it really catches the ear when he's talking about having a discussion with Jerry Sandusky about things that happened in 1971, we really don't need to hear that. Yeah, I, I might look into a name change. If I was that I guy. was gonna say, well, going to say, maybe start
1: going by your middle name or right. something. I don't this know. This went illegal, through
0: this, and when this happened, changed. he came out said he wasn't going to do this. So that, you know, he, he, Jerry with a G addressed this years ago. He said he wasn't going to change his name. They have different first initials, and he was the voice of the Ravens. So. You guys didn't know that? No. That Jerry Sandusky was the voice of the Ravens? I
2: Honestly, when I played, mm-hmm.
0: I, I thought he yeah. might have misspoke. No, this this guy, you know, I no went idea. through it. He, people already told him to change oh. his name, and he said no. Yeah, well, I, I, I respect that. Yeah. I do, too. Props to him. But it Seems like it would save you. Jerry Sandusky, a Baltimore native, tackles all sports coverage for WBAL-TV 11. That's a good plan what he tackles it all. And the voice of the ball. he's the voice of the Baltimore Ravens, as I said, yeah. so...
1: He was there in '71 when the Baltimore Colts played, hosted the AFC Championship game.
0: He was only ten years old.
2: Possible guess? No. <laughs> Sorry, that's I'm, I didn't turn my. No.
0: Jerry, he was named after Saint Gerard, the patron saint of motherhood. Never considered changing his name or even altering his uh, Jerry Sandusky Twitter handle. He said he's no relation to the former Penn State coach, so why should he change his name? I'm telling you, this was addressed, and you don't remember the 2014? Remember this was a? No, I don't remember this part. I
2: believe we talked about this. It was yes. I'm shocked that I don't remember this either. But 2014 was. That was a a different Jake. It's, it's the cusp. It's the cusp. Of <laughs>
1: that was that was right around the hashtag find Jake. Yeah. He
0: said, over the last couple of years, I've learned through this journey, it's not my name to change. Jerry Sandusky is the name I have in stewardship that my parents left me. My father and my mother left me a great name. And I intend to do the same thing for my kids.
1: That does bring up an interesting thought. You don't really get to pick your name, right? Like, you, that's mm-hmm. one thing. You, you, you can think, change it, though, if you want right.
0: to. Yeah. You sure can. You know? So, this, that might have been a shock to the ears when you heard yeah. John Harbaugh always wanted to go ahead and explain what he meant and what he was talking about. See, in Baltimore, you know, hey, that's the voice of the Ravens. Right. Yeah. You're in Kansas City, like, who did he talk to? Right, who? What's he talking to him Why for? Why is he talking to him about the '71 conference championship game? So I just wanted to make sure everyone knew that. It's a good clarification. I, I, I think it. I think Absolutely. it is. I wasn't. I needed it. Totally prepared for that yeah. intro, and so I felt it necessary. I'm glad that guy's still, you know, yeah, thriving in his career.
1: Still tackling,
0: yeah, the sports
1: scene in Baltimore.
0: He is doing it. Good for him. We'll hear from the Chiefs later on today. His coaches and players will be made available out at Arrowhead. Todd Todd Lebo will be out there for the press conferences. I'm going to be out there with Nate in the locker room. And so uh, the plan is today to have at the podium Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Chris Jones... Isaiah Pacheco, Justin Reed, Harrison Butker, and Creed Humphrey. And so this is going to be slim pickings in the locker room, because then tomorrow uh, it'll be Andy Reed, Dave Tobes, Steve Spagnolo, Matt Nagy, Patrick Mahomes, Reshe Rice, and Nick Bolton. And then on Friday they'll have uh, at the podium Andy Reed, Travis Kelsey, LeJarius Kneed, George Karloftis, Trent McDuffie, Mike Dana, and Trey Smith. So there's your rundown of uh, different players and coaches you'll hear from over the next couple of days. Um, So today, the Andy Reid press conference will begin at around 11.50 a.m. And then the players will be at the podium around noon. At the same time, we'll be over at the uh, locker room. Locker room is uh, open for about 45 minutes at that same time, so you have to pick and choose... Do you want to be at the press conference or do you want to be in the open locker room? We'll do both. As Lebo will be in the press conference, and Nate and I will head over to the uh, to the open locker room and then uh, practice afterwards, after all the media opportunities will take place. So they change it up a little bit. Normally they'll just have the press conferences and the practice facility, but for the championship game to accommodate the added media they will have the press conferences over at the stadium and then we'll still go to the locker room over at the uh, at the practice facility. So you didn't see that email did you?
1: I did I glazed over that.
0: So when you texted Todd say hey, so what are what are the times? Yeah. I'm like, he didn't read his email, did he?
1: He said, I forwarded you the Times, I think, and you yeah. responded, You did. Yeah. Well, he did, didn't he? He did. Did you get it? I, then I looked at my emails. Oh, that's what that email yeah. was. I usually just delete emails from Todd. Yep. So, I. Uh, well, that
0: was an important one.
1: It was. It was.
0: This is the fun stuff.
1: Well, and I mean, look, I was thinking about it last night. You know, I was preparing what kind of. What kind of questions
0: I could ask to stir up some viral content today when I go out there? Oh, I was thinking about it last time. I was super pissed off because I was in bed and I just found a comfortable position, and I was just getting ready to fall asleep. And I thought, "Where's my credentials?" Because the last time I had my credentials was getting home from the negative nine degree game, mm. and that was a that was a rough night. And I, I remember, I didn't put them back in my work bag. And I put them somewhere. so much, I'll just put them here. You know, that's but that's where my memory ended. I, I I'll just put them here, and I'll get them later. They'll mm-hmm. be safe here. And then so I had to. Get, I got up. My, and this is like at ten thirty. I'm like, where did I put it? Good God. I said, Julia, will you help me? Because she was doing homework at ten thirty <laughs> at my desk. And so it was. Uh, they were actually in the third place that I looked. I put them in my other work bag. So I was very excited to find that because that was a little uh, yeah. That was a little nerve wracking that, that I realized I didn't know where they were at 10:30 at night. So I'm going to be up for a while looking for these. But I found them within 20 minutes. but I was really proud of myself because I forget everything.
1: As Bob Davis said, it's always in the last place you look.
0: Yeah. Whoa. What's going on over there? Microphone needs fighting. That microphone. Hello. So we have good, uh, good sound for you throughout the day, and tomorrow right here on Sports Radio eight hundred and ten WHB as we offer you blanket coverage of the AFC Championship game. I feel uh, I feel better today than I did yesterday about the Chiefs' chances of winning. I think the Chiefs are going to win, but I feel I feel good about this. I love the fact that they're underdogs. I love the fact that even more people are not giving them a chance to win in Baltimore. Uh, I really, I really became it came became cemented for me. I really became sold on the idea that the Chiefs are going to win. When I saw Jason Whitlock on Twitter on X uh, predict that the Ravens were going to win by 14 points, and they're one of the all-time greatest NFL teams. So now I'm, I'm pretty confident the Chiefs are going to win. Now that's what I needed to see. So I feel my good about hurts. that. I feel very good about that. <laughs> how do you feel?
1: Um, I, I kind of go back and forth right now. <clears throat> I was actually uh, thinking about, you know, Stan's been doing the, the the SFL where they get together and they play the game out, see how it plays out. And it seems like uh, there's usually a pretty good indicator. And I'm, I'm wondering if he's going to do it this week. And my guess would be.
0: Be weird if he didn't.
1: Yeah, yeah, for AFC Championship game. But my guess will be that the Ravens will win the game much more often than the Chiefs, because I think if you just—I'm guessing—I haven't looked, you know, compared every stat and all that. But that, that on paper, the Ravens are the better team this year. But the game didn't play it on paper, and I think it's hard to statistically factor in the Mahomes effect in the playoffs. The Andy Reid effect in the playoffs, you know, the, the, the effect that all these these guys on the Chiefs have of, of experience, especially the most important guys, um, you know, Kelsey, I mentioned all those guys, but um, Chris Jones. So, I don't know how I feel. I really don't. I, I feel like this is going to be a hell of a game, and 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 I guess nothing would really surprise me.
0: You know, I, I I'm guilty of this. I talked about the stretch, that three game stretch that the uh, that the Ravens went on late in the season. They lost to the Steelers to end the season, but the, the Ravens didn't. That wasn't the the A team. But after that that very close game against the Rams that they won thirty seven thirty one, we keep talking about this this dominant three game stretch, and going into it. I thought it was a, a a big, big test. And I thought the Ravens would lose at least one of these games. They won at the Jags 23-7. They won at the Niners 33-19. And they beat the Dolphins 56-19. Those are good wins. Trevor Lawrence, Brock Purdy, and Tua. None of those guys can even come close to comparing... To anything they will see from playoff Patrick Mahomes on Sunday. So I'll be honest with you, I'm a little tired now people stroking off the Ravens because of that three-game stretch. The Jags ended up being dogs that couldn't win their own division when it was gift-wrapped and handed to them. They laid down, down the stretch. And Trevor Lawrence did everything he could this season to try to show that he's just mid that he's just okay, because he went in and the and the Jags went in with expectations to win that division. He was going to take a step forward and be an MVP candidate, and they were going to show that they were amongst the AFC powers, and they did not. They took a step backward, and he took a step backward. You will not catch me or you shouldn't catch anyone talking about him as a top five quarterback or anything else. He's, it's still up in the air for Trevor Lawrence. He took a step back. Jags take a step back. The Niners are really good. They're the number one seed for a reason. But if you think beating the, the, the Niners in the regular season, and I. Hey, Brock Purdy is fine. He ain't Mahomes. Okay? And beating the Niners in the regular season, that's great. What you will see on Sunday from the Kansas City Chiefs to Patrick Mahomes is a different animal. There's no comparison. And beating up with the Dolphins, great. The Dolphins could not beat a good team this year. Did not beat a quality team this year, really. Who, who was who was who was the good team they beat? Beat the
1: Cowboys. I mean, if you, now that's about it. Yeah. Am I even right about that? I, I can't remember. I, know I don't was, know. Are you? Went down to the wire. Let's do that out there. Well, I remember those two teams playing each other, and one of them had to win, and they were both teams that hadn't beaten anybody all year. 22-20. Beat them, beat them by two. There it is. That's, but what are the Cowboys?
0: <laughs> a team that, that fell apart in the postseason. If I'll give them credit for that, Yeah, that's a win. Yep. But they failed most of their tests. The Ravens did what they were supposed to do against those teams. But if, if that's your evidence that they're going to beat the Chiefs on Sunday... I throw it out because it's not relevant it's not those quarterbacks are not elite Brock Purdy could be at some point not yet, he's not elite yet Tua is not nor will he ever be and Trevor Lawrence is not and I don't know if he will be do you disagree with any of those no, comments? no, I,
1: I, agree. I agree with every word of that I I think Trevor Lawrence took a big step back this year um, now, maybe maybe I know he was playing with a bad shoulder, and maybe that, uh, you know, we'll find out that you know, he just was playing hurt all year, and he comes back and has a really good year the next year. I think, you know, looking at the resume, the most impressive win the Ravens have all year was their win over the Lions. They blew out the Detroit Lions, yeah. and you look at uh, where the Lions are now and, and who these other teams all are, and I'd still say that. Jared Goff isn't Patrick Mahomes. I do think one thing that stands out is that the Ravens seem to get into the 30s a lot. The Chiefs are going to have to do a much better job defensively than those teams did. I think I don't think the Chiefs win this game if it gets into the 30s. They just haven't. That that hasn't been who the Chiefs are this year. You know I don't see them putting up 30 points against this Ravens defense as good as Mahomes is. So I do think the defense is going to have to step up. You know and play better than the defenses did. Uh, the other defenses did that we're talking about against the against the Ravens.
0: How many teams scored thirty on the Chiefs this year? God I can't imagine very many. Zero. 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 Yeah, there you go.
2: So so why don't you why don't you wave that around? I mean, one of the better teams that the the Ravens saw this year were the Rams, and they had to beat them in overtime. Yep. Rams should have won the game. I know, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like the, the Rams, good team. I mean, they they gave the Lions every every bit of a game that they wanted, and and but what I'm saying is that they they had that game in a position to win, and you know Matt Stafford is a Super Bowl winning quarterback, and that that's probably the closest thing I would say to you know to a Mahomes like of all the quarterbacks they saw this year, he was probably the best one. And
1: and to back up your point too about the quarterback, didn't Purdy yeah Purdy threw four picks yeah. In that I mean, for the for the Ravens to get to 33 points in that game, they got they got
0: four picks.
2: I think all four of them were in the first half, too.
1: And they got one from Sam Darnold as well.
0: <laughs> the only teams to allow under 300 points this season, three of them, the Ravens, the Chiefs, and the 49ers. The Ravens allowed 280, the Chiefs allowed 294, and the Niners allowed 298. Why aren't people talking about the Chiefs' defense the way they're talking about the Ravens' defense? The Chiefs' defense is as good. And guess what? We we might find out on Sunday it might be better. There's that chance.
1: I think uh, probably because that's not what we've known the Chiefs as over the last five years. You know what I mean? And I think the one thing the Chiefs don't... I only care about this year. Yeah, the Chiefs' defense doesn't turn the ball over. They get sacks like the Ravens. They they hold teams down but they don't they don't seem to get turnovers. You know, that would be the one difference that um and who knows in one game that doesn't necessarily play need to play out that way.
0: The results are there though. Yeah. And I'll still put my money on in a big game on Mahomes over Lamar Jackson because I'll see Mahomes do it time and time again.
1: And time and time and time and time again.
0: How are you doing? Did I see a stat that, he, that
1: Mahomes has more passing yards than the entire Ravens franchise in the playoffs?
0: I think I saw oh, that the only yet. you can answer that question. I, I don't you know if Jake you saw was going to say I
1: said that yesterday on the show, you idiot. I have no idea if you saw that. <laughs>
0: think you I think I saw it? that. Yeah. How did I see that from? Yeah. Well, did you?
1: Sports Center. Patrick Mahomes enters Sunday's matchup with more postseason passing touchdowns than the Ravens franchise. That's crazy. Because we're not talking about like a a team that never makes the playoffs or ever wins in the playoffs. <laughs> That's, that is a wild stat.
0: I can't wait for this game. Oh, man. Can't wait for this game. I think it's a 50-50 game. And look, Vegas agrees with you. What's the line right now? I just uh, put some money on three and a half. Well, I mean, what's, what's home field advantage worth, supposedly, Vegas three? Three. Mm-hmm. So,
2: it's you know, they look at these teams to pick them then. Mm-hmm. And it opened at two and a half at, at a lot of places I saw. And so it's gone up. So. What do you think? <laughs> I think I just, I literally just put money on the... The Chiefs, plus three and a half points. I think that line might go back down. We'll see. I, I, I don't know. I, I can't say right now one way or another. I think it's going to be within three points, though. Yeah, the people that are picking like you know two touchdown victory for the no, that's crazy. The Ravens that's and crazy blowing out the Chiefs. That's just, that's silly. I think it's going to be inside three points. It's crazy.
0: I really hope Willie Gay plays. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge. I really hope Joe Tooney plays. Even though I have a lot of faith in Nick Allegretti, I hope
2: Joe Tooney plays. I mean is it bad that I hope that
0: Mike I, Edwards plays.
2: Is it bad that I'm almost hoping that Mark Andrews plays? So, well he's gonna play. Well, I mean I think that's I think that's good news. <laughs> I think Isaiah likely is a stud. I mean I think Well they'll both play then, that's well, I, yeah, I Yeah, they'll both play, but I mean I I think that you know, I I don't think they'll They'll both be on the field all the time together. I mean, I think that would take some snaps away from likely. If you he- yeah it
0: will, but yeah, I mean,
2: you know, Andrews won't play his full complement of snaps. True, you know, but you know,
0: we'll see. You know, he was he was a full time participant last week, and then he didn't play. And that could be me being stupid, but right now, I mean, it- yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I'd rather him not play. But he's, I mean, you know. Likely yeah. is very good, but Mark Andrews is
1: less weapons to face is better than more weapons.
2: I get you. You're looking for so, you're looking for angles. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, and, 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 and banged up Mark Andrews on the field more often than a healthy Isaiah Likely is 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 better. I don't know. That's it, it, like you said, looking for angles, and be careful what you wish for.
1: Look the the. the Chiefs defense, this is going to be a big challenge, and they're they've been really good this year. And we've talked about it. If if this team's going to make the Super Bowl, it's going to have to be in large part because the defense steps up. And this is a huge challenge. But you know they stepped up against the Bills. There's going to be, I mean, there's going to be some drives by the Ravens. There's going to be some moments where Lamar Jackson breaks off runs, in and it, in a, you know, just like Josh Allen did. But if they can get enough stops. you know I mean, you're absolutely right that Patrick Mahomes is a different beast than, than what they have faced in these other games. Playoff Pat.
0: And he look the, the offense was terrific. The offense the, the offense is not getting enough credit for how good they were against Buffalo mm-hmm. on Sunday. I mean, if if not for the ridiculous fumble by McCole Hardman, you're talking about them with 34 points. Yep. Now this this offense, you cannot compare this offense to what we saw, and the struggles that the Chiefs had in the regular season. Number one, because they they have flipped the switch, they have turned it up a notch. We've seen it now in two games. They just have. It's different. This team knows what it takes to be successful in the postseason. They know the level they have to play to be successful enough to get to the Super Bowl, to get back to the Super Bowl. And they figure figured things out. They've worked things out. This is not the same offense. So I reject any comparisons to what they did in the regular season. The only thing I would say about that
1: is, when you say, if not for the fumble by Hardman, that is one thing we said over and over and over again. If not for the screw-up by this wide receiver, the Chiefs would now in the regular season. Well, they still season, put up they won.
0: even, with, even yeah. without it.
1: You're right. I mean, that's the thing is they did they did enough on offense to overcome the big mistake by the wide
0: receiver this time. That was Mahomes' best performance. Yeah. If you look at the analytics, it was his best performance of the year.
1: And for the most part, they got it to the three main guys, right? They got it to Pacheco, Kelsey, and Rice.
0: And MVS, he, he chipped made a in. Big plays. And I love it. I love the Chiefs going into this game. Big shot. So, but hey, look, it's it's going to be a knockdown, dragout. The Ravens are an excellent football team, but so are the Chiefs. The Ravens have a great defense, but so do the Chiefs. The Ravens have an MVP at quarterback, so do the Chiefs. The Ravens probably have a Hall of Fame coach. So do the Chiefs. All right? So do the Chiefs. And the Chiefs are better on the road than they are at home. Whatever that means, for whatever reason, this year they are better on the road. They have a better record on the road than they do at home. And that's not nothing. That's not nothing. Nothing. (laughs)
1: I <laughs> like this Stephen Saint St. John. You. Stephen Saint John. But they, but they They're <laughs> better
0: on the road. He's got a burr in his saddle, but it's all there. Yeah, all of these elements are there for the Chiefs to go and win. This this chip that's on your
1: shoulder right now, I feel I feel like that that exists for Patrick Mahomes as well. And whenever he has a chip on his shoulder, he's
0: pretty dangerous. Oh, why wouldn't. you? just it's it's irritating to hear people talk about the the Chiefs. How they, this, they just can't match up against the Ravens. Of course they can. Of course they can. Of course they can. They're the Chiefs. Yep. This is their sixth straight AFC Championship game. I mean, where you been? You had your head, either either your head's buried in the sand, or you're just a hater. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to acknowledge what's happening in front of your face.
1: Well, as a very famous Chiefs fan once said, "You know, haters gonna hate, 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 hate."
0: Right. That's right. We'll take a break back after this on WHB. Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. We'll talk to Matt Derrick from ChiefsDigest.com. Also talk to Chiefs Hall of Famer Duran Cherry later. Mike D. Pasquale. Mike's got this. Mike's got picks. Other things going on in the world of sports besides the Chiefs playing the Ravens in the AFC Championship game. We have uh, three players yesterday elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame: Joe Mauer, Adrian Beltre, and Todd Helton. Nate Buchak, any arguments with any of those three?
1: Um, no, I guess not. I don't. <clears throat> Why not? Should, should should I I don't
0: know <laughs> Billy Wagner just missed Billy Wags three players the three players reached the 75% election threshold Adrian Beltré 95.1% Todd Helton who gets dinged because he played in Colorado that's the only thing that but he was incredible mm-hmm. uh and you should love him because he played football at Tennessee with, he was quarterback uh, Peyton Manning. Yeah. Uh seventy nine point seven percent. And then Joe Mauer, seventy six point one percent. Billy Wagner came up short, seventy three point eight percent. Gary Sheffield, I think he should be in, came up short sixty three point nine. Andrew Jones, sixty one point six. Carlos Beltran, fifty seven point one percent. Um You feel strongly about that either way, or he had more votes than uh, A Rod and Manny Ramirez. Which is, you know. Stu- uh, it's yeah, stupid. I, it's just stupid.
1: I I hate to say it, but, like, I. Say it. My interest in the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame is so much less than it used to be because it. It's hard, it hard to, to take me- it serious. Yeah, it's, it's been kind of hijacked by the writers who find themselves the moral arbitrators of who they like and who they don't to, to put in the Hall of Fame. And I think that's that just makes the process seem like a joke, you know? It's kind of like that time Rafael Palmeiro won the gold glove when he played, like, 20 games at first base or whatever it was that year. And it makes you go, well, that award must not be very serious. And with the names that you just mentioned are not in the
2: Hall of Fame. And just throw Clemens and Bonds on there. Yeah,
0: you. it's just kind of like...
2: A little P. Rose in there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean... It's hard to take it serious.
1: Yeah, it's just like, oh, well, we think he he cheated. You don't know which guys cheated and which guys didn't,
2: you know. And And by the way, it wasn't against the rules. It was a part of it wasn't against the rules. It was against the law, but it wasn't against the rules of the game. They were playing within the rules of baseball. So, for example,
1: I I do feel like I told you before that Carlos Beltran was actually maybe my favorite player to cover of all time when I spent – of what, fifteen plus years covering the Royals on a daily basis? When
2: he offered you his monkey? He offered
1: me his pet monkey one time. <laughs> that Blaker is mean. <laughs> you want him? Um and I thought when when he was possibly gonna get traded when they you know they ended up trading him that year, I remember thinking I think I just covered a Hall of Famer. I think this guy's I think this guy's stays healthy, could could be a Hall of Famer. And I didn't feel like there were any other Royals I covered that had a chance at that. So I thought that was kind of a big deal. And I'm looking at it now. I mean, he's got 600 more hits career-wise than, than, than Maurer does. Um, I, I think Beltron should be in. I wonder how much it's going to damage him being a part of that whole Houston Astros scandal, you know, um, with the the sign stealing or whatever you call it that they were doing. Um, he's got 435 career home runs, 2,725 career hits. I mean, in today's game sure seems to me like he'd be a Hall of Famer. He got 56 percent of the vote, so maybe he'll get more next time. But but that's like that's the thing about the Hall of Fame that's kind of a joke to me now. It's like wh- we don't like the way this guy handled something, or we think he was a cheater. I, I you know so maybe that maybe that'll damage
2: Beltran's case. I'm kind of surprised Andrew Jones isn't closer. Yeah, he's... 61.6%. Sure. I mean, I, I... Man, he was great. Oh, a 10 gold gloves? I mean, the guy was awesome in center field, and he I think he had over 400 homers, too. Adrian Beltre, um, I don't think people... He's,
0: he's underappreciated for how great he was. 95.1%. That is the fourth highest vote percentage for a third baseman. Hmm. In his first year on the ballot, behind who?
2: What three third basemen? Mike Schmidt, George, Brett.
0: Brooks Robinson? No. Schmidt and Brett. More recent.
2: I mean, Cal Ripken was a shortstop, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ah. More recent, the Brett and Schmidt. We're gonna punch ourselves. Yeah, you will.
1: Chipper Jones didn't go in. Yeah, as Chipper Jones. Person, there okay. you go. There you go. Williams. He played a lot of different positions. I feel like
2: Chipper Jones. Ship. Okay. He's great. But Beltray.
0: And this is wild. Um, only four players, regardless of position. Reached four hundred home runs, three thousand hits, and had at least five gold gloves. He's one of them. That's a wow. Yeah, he was incredible. So,
1: yeah, very. I, I feel like very underrated. Ah!
0: So there are your three new Hall of Famers: Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton, Joe Mauer. Todd Helton's sixth time on the ballot. He, I mean. I don't know how much you ding him for playing in Colorado. Guy was a stud. I think he would have done great anywhere. He went from 52% in 2022 to 72.2% last year to 80% this year. I'm going to look at his
1: home road career splits. There you go. He, he hit 345 at home, 287 on the road. Ooh. 1,048 OPS at home, 855 on the road. It's not like he was a bad offensive player away from home.
0: He had three gold gloves. But, again, voters in the past have been turned off by the offensive boost he got at Coors Field.
1: Yeah, I don't know how you adjust for that. There's probably modern statistics that (laughs) ballpark adjustments. No, no.
0: no. I mean, those numbers for some of those players are just loaded. If you go back and look, you know. Yeah. It is what it is.
1: You always want to trade for a pitcher that's been in Colorado because his numbers are going to get better. You don't want to trade for a hitter that's been in Colorado because his numbers are going to get worse.
0: Like, there were some guys <laughs> like you know Larry Walker they were going to be great anywhere. Yeah. You know. Also, uh, since Jake found it necessary to put together a highlight package to start the show, uh, Missouri lost another basketball game. This time they lose at Texas A&M, sixty-three to fifty-seven. Honestly, I turned this game on three or four times and turned it off three or four times. It was extremely difficult to watch. It was a very uh, unsettling brand of basketball from both sides. It was not pleasing to the eye. I mean, the announcers talked about how ugly it was. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was, it was this is some ugly it was, basketball. It was bad basketball. <laughs> And now uh, Mizzou is 0-6 in the SEC. And I'm, like I said, I'm sure they'll win a game. I'm sure they're going to beat someone, but I don't know who that is. I don't know who that might be. But we'll be here when it happens. Will we? Hopefully. Yeah. A&M moves to 3-3. and Big upset in the SEC last night. South Carolina put it on Kentucky 79-62. to So we all like when Kentucky yeah, loses. We ever
1: hate seeing that.
0: No. And then as far as the uh, the Big 12 last night... There were a couple of big games. Houston goes on the road and beats BYU 75-68. to 68. And Texas went on the road mm. to Oklahoma and won by 15, 75-60. We've already it's seen how difficult it is to win on the road. We had those two teams go on the road against ranked teams and win. Yeah. So those were a couple of statements. Number one, that Texas, they're just not going to lay down, that – they are off to a poor start in conference, but they're figuring things out. And Houston, they moved to 4-2 and two after an impressive win at BYU. The other games, UCF uh, beat West Virginia, and uh, TCU won at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, they are also 0-6 in conference. So,
1: The only two teams that have just one loss in league play are... K State and Texas Tech. Yeah.
0: Everybody else has at least two losses and you, already. And, and you did, you will not acknowledge K State. K State plays at Iowa State as tonight. A that should good be game. a really good one to watch. What good if game. they win that game? Will you acknowledge them as a uh, contender then? Absolutely.
2: You have to, right? Will you give them their roses? Not Five. About,
1: I'll throw them their flowers. How about now? <laughs> I mean, hey, <laughs> 4 and 1 start already is impressive. But yeah, they, if they go beat Iowa State at Iowa State. Go to five and one with a big road win like that. Why wouldn't you I mean this this conference is going to beat everybody up. Right? I mean, going into league play it was like, Oh, Houston and Kansas, they both already have what, two losses each? Yeah. And it's early. So it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be a grind, man. A uh, I, I game tonight should be great to watch.
0: What time is it? 8 o'clock, ESPN 2. The deuce. The deuce. We'll be back after this on WHB. <laughs> Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Stephen St. John and Nate Bucati with Jake Gutierrez. We'll talk to Matt Derrick from ChiefsDigest.com. Then uh, we'll hear from Chiefs Hall of Famer Daron Cherry and also Mike DiPasquale. Mike Scott, this Mike Scott picks in the 9 o'clock hour. Mm. Did you hear the uh, audio of Nick Bolton telling the, Special teams unit about the fake punt, or to look out for the fake punt. Or watch I did for the not. Fake punt. You didn't see that. Mm-hmm. Wow. out I would like to. Nick Bolton was running off the field. Let's see, Jake, you got that in your uh, in your DMs. It was on Inside the NFL. Which is oddly enough on the on the uh, CW, by the way. You can watch that. Uh so here is uh here's Nick Bolton walking off the field warning the perimeter unit to look out for the fake.
2: Hey, the Chiefs get their second stop and slated to punt here. Hey!
0: Watch the fake! Watch the fake, earmuff, 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 earmuff! And now they're going to run a fake. Let's tackle. The Buffalo Bills run a fake on the left side. Let's tackle. 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 He's down. He's, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go oh Let's go oh. Let's go oh. Nick Bolton.
1: That's a uh, guy that should have a green dot on his helmet. You shaking your head for he him? He does. Right? He does have yeah, a green dot.
2: Oh. Well, I'm shaking my head because it... it I mean, it just solidifies and confirms everything that we hear when Spags gets behind the podium and when Andy Reid gets behind the podium and they say it's like having another coach on the field. I mean, how many times have we heard that this season? Oh, Nick out there, it's like having another coach on the field. It's like you hear that and you're like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. But then you see something like this and you, you listen to that audio and you're like, yep, that guy knows what the F's going on. Glad he's wearing red and white. Guy's awesome, right? I don't know why Nate hated that pick so much. I don't yeah. remember
1: saying that. That's Nate. That's Nate. <laughs> I've had a lot of bad takes. So you can just, you know, give you know, stick with the bad takes I have actually had. You know, I don't need to throw other ones on top.
2: <laughs> the Stephen narrative. <laughs> just playing along, guys. I'm just playing along,
0: right? Not only, he, and I don't think he had a great game against uh, the Bills. Like He was great against the Dolphins.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I didn't think it was his best game against the Bills, but they need. <laughs> this has got to be a Nick Bolton game. They desperately need him to have yeah. a great game yeah. against the Ravens.
1: Big challenge for those linebackers. Big challenge. Hey, man.
2: It's nothing like Lamar Jackson out there. I mean, the guy is individually just a stud and, and so unique at that position. And we've seen him batter the Chiefs before with his legs.
1: You know, I was thinking about Chris Jones because he, he's lined up out of defensive end a decent amount this year. And when he does, he it's usually in passing situations, he's he's a, a menace. But remember when they first started experimenting with the idea of him playing out there, it was against the Ravens, and he really had a tough time dealing with the, the, the running of Lamar Jackson. And so – I wonder how much that's going to keep him inside in this game. I don't know. I wonder, I guess maybe it'll be just the type of thing where if it's an obvious passing down, he still gets to move out and, uh, you know, try to get after the quarterback. But that, that controlled pass rush, I think the Chiefs defense, though, you know, like we saw the Texans have success blitzing Lamar Jackson in the first half. Now, the Ravens adjusted and dominated the second half, and a lot of it was shorter passes and everything. But what I think we've seen from the Chiefs' corners, they can get up on guys and jam them at the line of scrimmage and really take away a lot of that short stuff and cause the quarterback to hold on to the ball a little bit longer. So, you know, I think some they can blitz while still playing some press man, which is rare, but the Chiefs have been able to do it. So I think that's that's huge right there. You know, the one-on-one matchups between the Chiefs' corners and the Ravens' wide receivers. Just just making him hold on to the ball a little bit longer. Because you know Spags is going to bring the blitz some. That's, that's part of what they do. You can have success if you can get them to have to hold on to the ball for an extra second or two.
0: We'll take a break. Back after this on Sports Radio 810 WHB.